0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Run to the Hills, and possibly our
1: final ever in this format,
0: Tim. I'm oh
1: yeah, very exciting. I'm Tim, by the way. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm Chris. You're, yeah, of yeah, course you are,
0: we, Chris. We got lost by that bit,
1: but yeah, it could be the last. It could, it's the last of the series, and next week will be a new series. So sadly, you're going, Chris. I'm but going, you, but you're going to support us for a few more weeks to come. Indeed. Thank you for launching. Being replaced by. But thank you for launching the podcast. Let me speak. Sorry, Tim. Stop butting in. And so thanks for all you've done to to get us launched. And next week, John Kiniston and Eddie Sutton are going to launch a new series and the YouTube channel too. So Run to the Hill is growing a bit bigger and getting a bit better.
0: bit bigger, bit better. Um, We had Eddie on. Don't remember the episode number. We'll remember it in time. Um, earlier and this show is actually with John so we'll be talking about where he's going
1: with it um, and his plans for the future really. Yeah John's been in the kind of ultra running kind of area for like since everyone was children yeah you know since Noah was a boy whatever the right phrase is but he's slightly longer in the tooth than me um, and he knows everything about everything in terms of stats so he can tell you how long he can probably tell you how long you were in a checkpoint 15 years ago in like a really remote part of Scotland and stuff like that. And and he like tracks all that kind of stuff, has an amazing, uh, is, a, is, is an amazing fountain of knowledge. And is uh, I know he's hoping to do lots more stuff with the podcast, which will leave to him to explain. Indeed. And I think I'll let John take it away.
0: Awesome.
2: Hi, I'm John Kiniston, and I've been running ultras since 2007.
0: Brilliant, and I believe in that time. Are you well, well into double figures? Are you over the half century? I am, yep. I've uh, I've
2: done 51 ultras so far. I I have a long-term goal to try and do 100 ultras by the time I'm 70. So I'm 61 now, so I've got another 49 to do
0: in the next uh, nine years. Have you had to think about which one you want to be your big finale?
2: I haven't, actually, but I would imagine I would love to finish with the West Harlem Way. Um, That wasn't my first one, actually. The, The Highland Fling was the first one. But the West Harlem Way was the reason I really got into ultras. So I think it would have a nice symmetry if I finished on that one.
0: So I do want to get back into your running shortly. But seeing as you've presented us with a great opportunity to talk about you and podcasts, the reason we're chatting to you as our small prelude that we've just done with Tim will have introduced to everyone that's listening that's not you and me, um, is you're taking over the Cheer Charge slash Run to the Hills podcast. Am I right?
2: I am. Yes. And I feel very privileged. And I just want to say thank you, Chris, for all the work you've done in the last 20 episodes to get it up and running. Um, but it's been quite an interesting journey because I've I've been doing a podcast with the West Harlem Way since 2007. Um, no, sorry, 2012, and we're up to 178 episodes. And I have been wanting to develop my YouTube channel, and I was thinking, particularly during the lockdown, and so I was planning on doing something on more on YouTube. And then Chris uh, Tim got in touch and said that you were you were moving on, and would I be interested in uh, hosting the Run to the Hills? And it was just a perfect fit, really. So it means that I can develop that one and also start a YouTube channel and the two can uh, can go hand in hand.
0: Amazing. And you're going to be doing that alongside one of our former guests and soon to be host, co-host, co-host, co-host who I was looking for, yeah. Edwina Sun, that right?
2: That's right. Yeah. And again, I've not met Edwina before, and um, but we've had a few chats so far. And I think we're going to get on really well. We're meeting this Friday and we're going to be able to do a, a proper uh, interview together, which will go out in a couple of weeks time. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to co-hosting with Edwina. She's got loads of experience, both as a runner and also as a coach. So I think I think between us, hopefully, we'll have a lot to offer the ultra running community.
0: Absolutely. And I think, as you were mentioning as well, it's going to be... A lot more we've stuck with this i'm very shy of my face bless me so we've always done this as quite a audio format thing you're taking it it's very visual it's up isn't it there's an example of the first show out there
2: well there is I've, I've, uh, it's it's on now and basically i've done trailers so i've got a trailer for the weekly episode a trailer for the live interviews which the first one were, were planned to have donny campbell who at the moment was a Scottish runner and he's at the moment just started out on trying to do all the Munros in one go. And so you run, cycle, kayak between them all. So he's into day three or four now going really well. So I've lined up an interview with him to see how that went as a live interview in September. So yeah, if people go on the website now on the YouTube channel, Run to the Hills, they'll be able to see examples of what we're going to be doing.
0: Sorry, I'd I had to, a structured plan that I wanted to talk to you, but okay. this sounds amazing. <laughs> Tell me what you know about this, the, all the Munros, and what powering his own way in between them all.
2: Yeah, so there's 284, and the current record is 39 days and a few hours. And uh, Donnie's got, an, I don't know his, his exact figure, but he's got an ambitious plan to break it. So each day, like yesterday, he did 14 Munros which when you think every Munro is over 3,000 feet, and there has to be a a significant drop and climb before the next one. And then that's not only just the actual Munro's is a a big enough challenge, but obviously they're spread out over the whole of Scotland. So between them, you have to empower yourself. So he'll be cycling between them. So yesterday, for example, he did 14 Munro's, and then he cycled for thirty miles to get in to get in place for the next day for today. And then some of them are on islands, so you have to kayak between them. It's all got to be self-propelled. You can have a, a camper van and a support team that will meet you. So each night, his wife and support team will meet him at your know, locations, but he has to get there himself.
0: I have all the time in the world for that. That's amazing. Yeah, um, I can give you the.
2: Just- there's a link that's a tracker so you can follow his progress. So I'll send it to you and you can put it on the show notes if you like. Because I'm sure that sure people would like to, um, to follow his progress.
0: It's been one of the few sort of shining lights or highlights of lockdown, seems to be. Mm-hmm. Every ultra runner's been like, right, this is my goal. I've been wanting to do this for ages. Yeah. Now's the time to train. Now there's the time to do it. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, I
2: assume you followed um, John Kelly and Damian Hall. Doing the pelon way because um, and again I I listened to a couple of good interviews with Damien and he was saying that he kept putting it off because he had UTMB or he had another race to do. Whereas this summer, obviously because all the big races have been cancelled, I think a number of these top runners are in great form and they decided, well, let's go for these FKTs, these fastest known times. So I think it's there's there's loads of them at the moment where these top runners are in great shape and they can concentrate on it, and they've just blitzed it, and they've gone for it. So it's really an, an interesting time that's come out of this lock time,
0: lockdown time. Really is. Um, so after I've derailed us for a good sort of 10 minutes on that, um, you've got a little outline on, you wrote a blog sort of outlining what the next couple of episodes are. Do you want to go through those for us?
2: Yeah, we thought the first three episodes, we would start with um, the North Downs Way Hundred. So that's this weekend. And then we're going to interview James Elson, the race director, and also Nikki, who looks after the safety aspect. And then we're hoping to interview the male and female winner. I've already tried to line that up. Obviously, we don't know who they are yet. Um, I was going to say, is this
0: race fixing going on on here, John? Is this what's happening?
2: (laughs) But James said he would pass on our details. And then Edwina coaches, and she's got three athletes who are doing the race. So we're going to interview them on their thoughts. And hopefully that first episode will give it a bit of a taste of what it's going to be like um, doing, the, doing the YouTube and the podcast. So I think it will be an interesting one because a lot of us are, are wanting to know what's it like now uh, as the races start again after lockdown and with this COVID-19. Uh, so what it's going to be like, and hopefully we'll be able to give listeners a sense of how this has worked. And then the following, the next episode, we thought Edwin and myself, we're going to say meet this Friday and we're going to interview each other. So the second second episode will be a bit more of getting to know each other and getting to know the new hosts. And then the next episode uh, will be all about the Hard Moors 110-160, which is happening on the 22nd, 23rd of, of August. Um, and again, I'm going to go down for the weekend. I'm going to do some live interviews before and after the race and take some video clips of people running. So hopefully that will give a sense as well of um, the things that we're hoping to do as we go forward.
0: Brilliant. John, that all sounds amazing. What I'm going to get us onto to now is something you may or may not be prepared for of our quickfire question round for you, John. Well, I must so- admit, I have been
2: listening to your podcast and they've been great <laughs> and i was half expecting it to come
0: so you'll be more familiar with our format now of i may waffle midway through this but you can answer at your own leisurely pace and i'll try and stick to some form of a semblance of speed so hot or cold cold rain yeah.
2: or shine uh, i must admit i'd rather have rain i don't do very well in the heat so i would
0: prefer to be cold and wet still can't get my head around that <laughs> still can't get my head around it at all uh trail or road uh, trail, without doubt. I think I
2: I was a road runner up until two thousand and six. I always did always enjoyed walking on the hills, but once I discovered ultras and the West Harlem Way, I've not looked back, and I much prefer to be on the trail now. And so, definitely trail.
0: Have you done any ultra, like road ultras, or
2: um, the closest one I've done is I did one called um, uh, the White Rose. And it was it's a, a, a one lap of thirty miles, two laps of sixty, and then some people do a hundred hundred miles, so three laps and a bit. I did the sixty miles. And I must admit it was probably about two thirds on road. Um I didn't realise that when I sat when I signed up for it. And um it was a great race, really well organized. But it made me realise that I, I'm much, I, I'm a lot more careful now making sure that when I choose a race, it's majority trail because yeah. I, yeah, I don't enjoy running on the road for long
0: distances. Awesome. Um, and how many pairs of trainers do you own?
2: I only have three, actually. I'm not... Uh, yeah, I tend to... I have one pair for road and then I've got two pairs at trail uh, and I just rotate those around a better pair and an older pair. And then once the older pair... Die, then I'll buy a new pair, and they'll they'll move down. But no, I'm not I'm not massive on having loads of different
0: pairs. I'm glad to see I'm not the only one that's not <laughs> there with about thirty different pairs of shoes. um Any music when you're running, or are you completely silent?
2: I'm silent. I must admit, I just love being out on the hills, and um, I, I suppose the only time I would listen, I might listen to your podcast. I might, if I'm going for an hour run from home and there's a test match on or a football game, I might take my radio and listen to it. But I would say 95% of my runs, um, I I don't have anything. And I just, it's my thinking time. I I, I love being out on the trail, looking around and uh, thinking about things.
0: Brilliant. Um, What's the longest you've gone without washing your running kit and still wearing it?
2: Um, The longest race I've done is about three and a half days, the Northern Traverse. Um, but you could change kits as, as you went, so I probably, I probably did change my kits. But I, I remember one recce weekend when I did the Northern Traverse. I did um, I did a two-day recce from St. B's to to Shap, and the, the second day, particularly, it was really muddy. It was in um, February time, and I was absolutely caked in mud and really smelly and, and filthy. And I had to get, I had a train booked from Penrith. So someone gave me a lift from Shap to Penrith. I arrived at Penrith, went into McDonald's, went into the toilet and tried to get some clothes on. But I was, it's just mud everywhere. And then I had to get the train home. So that was probably my stinkiest run with kit on.
0: <laughs> um, okay. What's the best prize you've seen at a race? Doesn't have to be one that you've won, just one that you're aware of.
2: Um, I, I did think about the ones I've got. I think my um, the best prize I've got is my goblets in the West Highland Way. Uh, every time you complete the race, you get a crystal goblet which is inscribed with the route and the date, and they have got pride of place. I've got six of them now, and they've got pride of place in our living room. Uh, so that would be. And then another interesting one was the Danoon Ultra, which is a thirty-five mile race on on the island uh, across from in Scotland, West Scotland, and it finishes on a pier. And they've made uh, little medals or plaques out of the old pier, out of the wood. That's so I, I think that they're, they're really, they're really special. I've got one and my wife's got two of them. And um, so they're, they're quite a, a unique memento of that race because they were made
0: from the old pier where we finished the race. That's brilliant. I like that. I really like that. Mm. Okay. Last two for you. What's the strangest thing you've seen on a run? Strangest
2: thing, I have thought about this when I've listened to your guests and different people have said things. Uh, And I I must confess, nothing really has has struck me. But the thing I suppose I love the most is when you run through the night. And um, I remember doing the Hardmore's 110 uh, the second time I did it. And I came up to Robin Hood's Bay and the sun was coming up. It was about three, half three, four in the morning. And there was a beautiful, beautiful sunrise And you're just on your own. You've run through the night and you've got this gorgeous orange sun arising from the sea. Uh, And I think that was probably one of the most special things I find is when when you run through the night and you come into a new morning. uh, That's pretty special. I
0: have to agree with that. (laughs) Um, Okay, last question for you, although I wish we'd ended on the last beautiful one because I I liked that a lot, (laughs) is what's the sketchiest place you've been for a run, John?
2: Yeah, again, it's sad to say, actually, I, I run with Kilbarkin on a Monday night. We do a, a fartlek session, and uh, we run on the the old um, um, railway line on the, on, on the canal. Uh, sorry, the railway line is now a footpath. And we go through a place called Bridge of Weir, and sa- sadly, there was a group of youths one night. It was, it was when the snow was on, and there was snow down, and they were throwing snowballs at us. Uh, but sadly, they put some stones inside some of the snowballs. And a couple of us got hit, I suppose. So that was their sort of the worst one of my worst experiences of running. Which is a shame because most times in Scotland it's brilliant. And we have a great time and everyone's really friendly, but there's always a few, isn't it, that spoil it?
0: A rock to the face will ruin even the best of runs. I know. That's I awful. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Should have ended on the yeah we should have yeah. was the strangest thing you've seen? Never mind, we yeah. live and learn, yeah. so John, where can people find you on all forms of social media and online and all that kind of jazz? yeah, I have a blog um
2: which is johnkinnaston and i'm on uh facebook jkiniston uh Twitter at Uh but I must admit if I can push the, the run to the hills, we've set up a a Twitter for that as well, so it's at run to the hills j k And so if people want to contact Run to the Hills, then if they can use that, that'd be brilliant.
0: Amazing. Perfect. And I shall leave it there. Um, Good luck with the show and I can't wait to hear it. Yeah.
2: I just want to say again, Chris, thank you so much for all the hard work you've done. You know, I've um, I've listened back to the first one. I've listened to the last, uh, this is the 20th episode you've done and they've been great and you've had some great guests. And I really hope that we can build on what you've done and keep the audience that you've got and hopefully get some more folks listening as well.